Hey, this is Neil Mackay, your host of a Vietnam podcast. Now, before we get started on this episode, I wanted to share with you about one of my favorite affiliate partners, and that is Fiverr. I've been using Fiverr for years for everything from ordering YouTube thumbnails to keyword research, writing podcast articles, even to Canva designs and thumbnails and more. So whether you're a budding entrepreneur, a podcaster, or anyone in between, Fiverr has got you covered. It really is the go-to platform if you want to find freelancers offering a massive range of services to help you on any project. Maybe you need a stunning new logo or just a short animation, whatever you need, you can find it on Fiverr. What I love the most is how easy Fiverr makes it to connect with talented freelancers from around the world, all at prices that will fit whatever your budget is. Plus, with Fiverr's secure payment system, you can trust that your transactions are safe and secure. No dodgy people you meet on Facebook groups that disappear with your money and never give you what you want. What, that's only happened to me? As an affiliate partner, I will get a small commission if you use the link and at no extra cost to you. As an affiliate partner, I will get a small commission if you click my link and you buy something, all at no extra cost to you. And best of all, you will be directly supporting the making of this podcast that you're listening to for free, but it is not free to make. So why we head over to somewhere that you've probably never been before. It's called the show notes. So whatever app you're listening in, if it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anything at all, head to the show notes, click on my special link, and then you can browse thousands of gigs ready to help you with your next project. And now, let's dive into today's episode. Let's go. All right, welcome to the second episode of the special quarantine season of 7 Million Bikes. We have a special guest here today. She's all the way from Ukraine. She flew in from Australia, especially to join us in quarantine. We're going to welcome Anastasia Sorkirka. Sorkirka. There you go. (laughs) So Anastasia is in quarantine with me and Adrian. Um, we have got very lucky somehow. There's only three of us in this room. Shh, don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. No, I mean, I think, well, I don't think we're the only people. Uh, and we've, we talked to some people. Maybe some people think that foreigners get treated differently. We've not seen that to be the case because we know other foreigners that are in the room of like five, six and seven. Um, we've not been treated any differently. If anything, we seem to get forgotten about and we get less stuff than um, anyone else. But I think that's just by accident, not by design. Um... In the room, it's quite a big room. We all socially distance from each other within the room. We basically just stay in our own corners all the time. At the moment, we've moved a little bit closer, so we're about a metre away from each other, but we actually all have face masks on at the moment. So uh, we are trying to be as safe as possible. Um, So if you listen to the last episode we made, we told you all about Adri and my drama getting from... uh, New Zealand back to Vietnam and and then Anastasia before we tell everyone what life's like in quarantine do you want to give a brief explanation of why did you end up how did you end up in quarantine <laughs> yeah sure hey everyone uh, so my name is Anastasia the short name is Nasta in Ukrainian way uh, I live in Vietnam for five years already 
Uh, I have been in Australia for business trip, sent by my company. I work in the hospitality industry. Uh, due to the closing the borders and situation getting more tough, I was coming back urgently to Vietnam. Same as the guys, I have temporary resident card, labor contract and rent apartment for two years. So suppose that I should arrive normally and smoothly, however things went differently. We ended here uh, for two weeks, today day number nine. So I'm Ukrainian, but I am kind of Vietnamese for five years. <laughs> <laughs> so give, just give a little bit of a background because we explained. So when did you get to Australia and what were your thoughts about being sent on a business trip at that time, considering you know, what was going on in the world? Yeah, so I was sent by a company. We have a company registered in Sydney. So in the worst case scenario, I knew that I will be covered by a company in Australia. Uh, I was very close in touch with the head office in Hanoi, checking whether I should go before my trip. And I got confirmation, yes, you'll go. And then when I was in uh, Sydney and situation get more and more worrying, uh, I check in with them daily basis, what should I do, should I come back or should not, they asked me to stay and stay. If there is a worse situation, you prolong there for two weeks more and then you come back. And then when I knew that the flight will be cancelling and Australia is locking down the borders for six months, uh, I request emergency return and the company check and confirm that I can come back. So when I was coming to Australia at the business trip, I was excited because it was my first time in uh, Sydney, trip of my dream. <laughs> but uh, at the same moment, I knew that situation may went wrong. However, I had the people covered both in company and my friends. So kind of, I had no choice, but I was like excited at the same moment. <laughs> so what Guilty. day? What date did you fly to Australia? I arrived on 15, it was Sunday morning. And, and I flew back on oh, Friday, 20. Yeah, so only five days, and yeah. how long was the trip meant to be? Two weeks. Wow. And then explain, what did you say to me about all your meetings and everything that you had planned? <laughs> yeah, so we had a schedule booked for two weeks, meeting potential partners uh, for the hospitality for travel agencies. And the schedule was quite busy. However, day by day, Australia trying to help their people understand the quarantine is important. So we have many meetings rescheduled from offline to online. I've had to cancel traveling in, in Australia to Melbourne and Perth. So we move all the schedule online calls, but even that calls suddenly started to be canceling because my partners, they were not sure whether they have a job next day and they were massive busy with the cancellation of the packages and everything that we are dealing with in the work. So basically there was nothing to do as a business. <laughs> so, and I was happy to stay in Australia as, much, as long as I can, having the company back up, but I understand that I residence in, in Vietnam. I have, if I stay in Australia, I had to need, find a way how to legalize myself there. It's a, more painful, I think, than Vietnam. So I had a scenario 50-50 that I will, may end in the quarantine, but as I check with the company, they say you should be fine because you're resident and you have a working permit. 
So when you were traveling back, your company, you thought there's a 50% chance that you would get to go home? My, my own, my own. Mail. Quarantine at yeah, home. Yeah, but I thought it was not by company, it was my own feeling. Right, okay. That I can get in quarantine 50%, 50%. And then one hour before the flight, I already knew it would be 90%. <laughs> I think we were about 90% for a couple of days. Or I will, like, but we were okay with that. Um, so I unraveled pretty quickly then. <laughs> Um, so we first met you, uh, kind of what Adrian was saying yesterday, we all got ushered over to the immigration desk as soon as we went to the quarantine or we went to the health check. Um, and I saw that you had a form. Do you want to explain about your medical form as well, similar to, to yeah. our experience? So I, I knew that I need to fly from Sydney night, night before. I was not able to make an amendment of my original ticket because it was fully booked already. So I had to buy a new flight in Jetstar because originally I was supposed to fly Vietnam Airlines. And that was night when already all hospitals and clinics closed. So I couldn't get to check what is a medical certificate because I saw there was a request about medical certificate. So I no choice. I had to go to the airport in the morning. I arrived a little bit earlier and it was actually a good, good decision because I couldn't check in on the flight. I was rejected, as I said, that I need to have a medical certificate. And luckily in the airport they have a medical center, so I have been sent there. Uh, I visited the doctor, paid for the $90. <laughs> and, uh, I, and I asked him save my life because I basically need to come back somewhere. I can't come back to Ukraine, my borders closed. Uh, I, can't, I need to come back to Vietnam, I can't stay in Australia. So he was very calm. I think it was not the first person asking something <laughs> like that. He asked me a similar question. How long have you been here? Have you feel any fever? Have you been contacting anyone? Uh, check my temperature, check my nose, throat, uh, just visually. And then he may write me the letter that I have no symptoms. I haven't been in contact for two weeks with anyone. And I fit to fly. Basically the certificate stated I fit to fly. Uh, I asked if I can get tested for coronavirus. They say no one in the country in Australia will make it for you. You've never been in the contact. You don't have a symptom, so you cannot request even if you pay money. I told him that I was in overseas just five days ago, so it's one criteria I need. Say no, you need to have a fever and other things. So nobody in Vietnam, in Australia, will give you that COVID test. So anyway, I get the medical certificate fit to fly, went to check-in desk again, they confirmed me that I should be fine. The guys at the check-in counter, they also not sure because Vietnamese regulation pretty confusing. They have like 20 pages of policy in this case and in five minutes they were trying to find whether my certificate is okay or no. Because it's not stated anywhere that I need the COVID test. Uh, it's really we found out when we arrived. Uh, in the policy that airlines get from Vietnam Authority, they were fine to check me, check me in for medical certificate that I fit to fly. So that is also minus 10 points to Vietnam government in this situation. Uh, because basically I mean, around 10 people arrived foreign us on that flight and we originally were intend to be sent back. Mm. But airlines were checking us, so they put also in the risk airlines, I think there's somebody need to cover the cost to sending us back because we don't pay for the ticket. Yeah, I didn't understand at that point when we, we mentioned in the last episode how we saw that the boarding passes yeah, already printed had been the ticket had been printed right and I was like, How like who's paying for this? Like is it the airline? Yeah, Are yes, we yes. paying for it? Like we're just about to get 
packed back onto a plane. But I think what, what this just highlights is uh, these are just our story and your story is just two stories worldwide of people just being trapped, situations changing, like you just mentioned, you couldn't fly back to Ukraine. Oh. We're from different countries. We, there's, there's so many people around the world, I'm sure, have very similar stories where they were traveling or in a different country. I don't know if we mentioned, but obviously we talked about that we went to New Zealand for a wedding. We had family that got trapped in New Zealand for a bit. There's still, we have family that are still kind of trapped there for want of a better word, who live in Australia, but now at the moment they're just staying in New Zealand. So, uh, I know some people say we should have expected this or why did you travel because we did a AMA and we've had some feedback as well from people and uh, I think like just nobody really expected like this to happen this quickly right? Yeah well, I mean it's also unprecedented like that's the word you kept you keep using yeah. like there's nothing to refer to on the scale and like the sheer uh, speed at which things have changed in the last Two weeks, two and a half weeks. Because we were talking today, we've we've lived through SARS and we've lived through MERS, but like that is not even comparable to to what's happened right now. So we're gonna go back to the story and we're gonna give you an update on what life is like in quarantine. We're not gonna give you a day by day blow because every day is the same. Uh, not really much to tell there, and we can't tell what was three days or five days ago. I said something to someone, I was like, oh yeah, this happened two days ago, and Adrian was like, that was this morning. <laughs> um, but so, we left off, we got bust to quarantine, we met uh, Anastasia, where we kind of bumped into you at immigration, we hadn't really started yep. talking to you yet. And then, Adrian, take it from there, so we got, the bus driver got lost, which was just absolutely comical, <laughs> and then we got into the... the quarantine facilities for Adrian what happened next what uh, time was it as well yeah well so our bus was just one of a handful of buses that had left the airport around the same time um, all coming to the the university dorms we pulled up when when our bus driver finally found the right place to go we pulled up to one of the dorm buildings um, and it must have been by this point one or two in the morning by the time we actually got here um, we pretty much just sat on the bus waiting for some further direction as to what to do and as the buses in front of us were offloading and getting disinfected and checking in and stuff, the building eventually filled up. So we all were told to go back on the bus and then the bus um, moved around to another building at which point they started to offload us. It was a little bit confusing. No one really knew what to do apart from get off the bus and get your bags. <laughs> there was nobody, I think we maybe mentioned, I don't know if we mentioned this yesterday, even since we've been here, there's been nobody like that's in charge as far as we can tell. Like there's nobody, like there's no contact person. There's no, even when you look about, there's nobody that looks like they're in charge. There's no one with a clipboard. Yeah, like, yeah that's what we need. Walking around directing us yeah. what to do and where to go. If you saw someone with a clipboard and a high-vis vest, they would be the highest ranking person here for I mean have we got a clipboard maybe I'll just start walking around with it and people will start asking me questions but anyway so we got ushered into the building um yeah it was a little bit um I wouldn't say completely disorganized but it was clear that um as we had read in the in the media that the the buildings had only very recently been cleared out it was a bit they're they're quite dirty um we were given a piece of paper to fill out. It was all in Vietnamese. So luckily some of the Vietnamese people that traveled um, 
could speak English and could translate for us. Um, it was we just, got hosed down. Yeah, yeah, we got our bags disinfected, which was just like a combination of probably diluted bleach. Uh, so some people's clothes were instantly ruined. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, there was a few people in the kind of hazmat suits that were directing us um, and telling us where to go in terms of like what rooms to go into. Um, and originally there was a fourth person, um, but they kept putting us into rooms that only had three beds. So um, he eventually got separated and I don't know what became of him. Yeah, we've never <laughs> seen him since, have we? Um, so it was, all, it was all really chaotic because, again, no one's really telling us what to do. I have to say that what amazed me was just everyone was just so calm. I don't know if it would be like that in the UK or America or Ukraine, but everyone just was chilled out, going with the flow, like this is what we have to do. We had one woman on our bus who was the definition of a self-entitled, obnoxious lady, uh, who was demand almost like demanding to speak to the manager. And she was like, I, I, I have to expedite this. Why are we waiting? It's four in the morning. And, and like, I had to try and talk to her and be like, lady, this, like, we were all being quarantined. I don't think she expected to be quarantined. So she was kind of like, why am I here? And it's like, you're going to be here for two weeks. So she stormed off and we've never seen her since. So I don't know. She either managed to get shipped out to a hotel or she's just hiding under her bed somewhere. <laughs> so, um, Hope she's fine. Hope she's fine, yeah. Hope she's fine, but hope she's learned a lesson to not be so self-entitled <laughs> and obnoxious. But anyway, right, so eventually the three of us got shipped into the room. Anastasia, tell us what was the room like when we first arrived? Uh, first, let me update on the timing because I have everything filmed. So we were on the bus, uh, we still were in the airport at 1am when we get our first croissant ham and cheese. Are oh, you looking this up? <laughs> yes, and then we were on the bus at 1.50 a.m. going to somewhere, and we haven't been told any address. I have a photo of address in Vietnamese that one Vietnamese asked the driver because he didn't tell us that before. 3.50 uh, a.m. we were standing outside of our first building that we were never been inside because we were waiting and we were full. So 3.40, 3.50 a.m. we were still not inside the room yeah. and the, the picture that I take with the room with my bag inside here was 5.40 a.m. Mm. It didn't feel that late maybe because I'd slept on the plane on the way over it didn't, yeah. I, I don't remember feeling like tired or like I just remember just I don't know waiting but anyway we got in the room eventually 5.40 a.m. Yes and then uh, it was nightmare <laughs> <laughs> I saw some pictures uh, of the quarantine facilities that Vietnamese called uh, Korean uh, because the Korean uh, nation were the first who were banned and requested to be quarantined. It was maybe two, three weeks before our happening. So they were already in social media uh, complaining and showing conditions where uh, government pulled the people who arrived from Korea. So I knew what we could expect, and so I was a little bit shocked. Uh, but I was preparing for the worst. And then when they told us that it would be dome, a uni dome, it sounded like maybe better than our camp. <laughs> That's what I thought when we had there was going to be a uni dorm. I was like, oh. Yes. I was thinking of like and they sent us some articles on Vietnamese friend. They sent an article from local media where they announced the decision of the government that the uni dorm will be used for the facility of the quarantine. And the picture that I put there it was like our classic European dorms with a mattress. So I was like, <laughs> okay, maybe we're more lucky than Korean three few weeks ago. And then when we entered in the building on the first floor, 
we, we couldn't understand what is that because it's massive. And then when they were two guys upstairs and I saw the first uh, open door, I saw exactly the same picture as I saw <laughs> at the army camp. <laughs> <laughs> same birds, same kids, if we can say that, with their military printed blanket, I don't know what is it, the bamboo mattress. Exactly the same, so I was ready. I lost hope by that time already. Uh, so I, no, no, I just wanted to be sure that I stay either not a clean room, forget about it. But I saw two desperate foreigners, same as me, and I followed them because it was only one female except me, and everyone um, called the boss um, lady. So I understand, I realized that for my survival, I need to follow the woman. <laughs> and uh, she attached to the man, which is okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, and we, they show us a few rooms, I think. I don't know what, they, the guy who was escorting us, he couldn't speak English. So he showed us a few rooms. I think we, 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 we stayed in one for a few minutes and then he called us back again and we moved to exactly the same crap room on <laughs> <laughs> the same floor. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and we have one guy also, I think he's Japanese. I or, think so, yeah. Uh, so we were four of us and then they were trying to put us in one room because I think they thought that because we together we may be two couples. And then uh, when they realized that there's only one married couple and I'm just lonely soul. <laughs> <laughs> and I asked that guy, can you... Can I stay with them? And I very lucky. I don't know his name. He gave up, and he I think he were he now in the room with ten people or something like that. But he could stay with us only. But he they took him away, and the guy the the who was escorting us I think he didn't couldn't understand who we are. Why we three of us? He asked if you're married, so you say yeah we married, and then I I asked him well, can we stay together? And then he was looking like. <laughs> what? And then I asked guys, are you okay to stay with you? And they say yes. I don't know if you mean it, but you say yes. <laughs> no, no, <we> do. <laughs> and then the guy who was confused, I mean the Vietnamese guy, he was confused and he just left us, three of us. And I think that was the luckiest uh, moment yeah. that so far we get. Yeah, so uh, there's nobody with 10 people in them. You mentioned a room of 10. I don't think there's anyone with 10. I think not the, here anyway. Not here not in this facility. Room. I think maybe most six, six, six here. We got really lucky, I think, just through the confusion. Maybe because me and Adrian married, I don't know. But first couple of nights, we, we had heard that they were trying to add more people to other rooms. And we got really scared because, for one, mm -hmm. we'd cleaned the place. We, we were, as I mentioned, self-isolating in the different corners of the room and staying away from each other. And then we didn't want some strangers coming in there. We didn't know where they'd come from. We didn't know which flight, which flight they'd been on and blah, blah, blah. So we, first couple of nights were a bit scary. But when we came in, so we got given a mosquito net. Yeah. We got given a camel blanket and a straw mat. And that was it. No pillow. No pillow. No t-shirts, no mask. Yeah, no, no masks, no soap, no nothing. I don't remember, did they give us water on the first night or no? I think there was water already here, those big... That they were, water. Yeah. 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 So... We, we got to sleep because we had to. It's like by this point, six in the morning, yeah. and we all just pretty much put our stuff down and passed out. I don't remember what time we woke up, but. Uh, I woke up seven because of company people started to call me. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just add that Anesthesia has had her company asking for sales reports and uh, why has she not got any new clients while well, she's sitting in quarantine and the whole world is closed down? Yeah, especially to travel. <laughs> yes, yeah, especially to travel. So. Uh, that was the first night, first day, uh, we were able to arrange 
some care packages thankfully we had so many people were just like from anesthesia's work from our friends just messaging like what do you need what can we get you at that point you could get stuff delivered but again we were told no information like there was no apparently i've read and been told that you're meant to be appointed a translator there's only about we what yeah that's what <laughs> someone told me yeah in other facilities foreigners get appointed a, not like an individual translator but there's a translator available for the foreigners oh. So the, we think there's maybe at most 15 to 20 foreigners in this whole facility, and there's probably a few thousand people here. So there's not many of us. Um, but we've just been told, like, nothing from day one, like, zero information. So we just kind of figure it out ourselves, or we hear secondhand reports. So that first day, no one told us about deliveries, but we knew we could get them. So luckily, Anastasia's work sent a couple of packages. We had friends sent them. We got cleaning supplies was the first thing we got. Everyone wanted to sell it, send us alcohol and booze, which we were just a, that we didn't really need, and we still do, we still don't need. We've not really we're not drank at all. Um, and then what day one we got down to cleaning. Was that? Yeah. We don't need to go through day by day, right? But <laughs> but we we gave the place like a deep clean. If you follow me, or if you know me, and you see my Facebook, you saw that we cleaned the fans. The fans were caked and dark. It looked like they'd never been cleaned. I don't so. think we did that till day two or three. Uh, yeah, actually. I think so. <laughs> but the place, so the students evacuated or were, were moved out of here the night before. Yep. But we don't think they were moved out of every room because this room was so dusty and like had grime all over it. It didn't seem that anyone had been living here for months. So that was the first day. Was just getting rid of grime and dirt before we even really could get down to cleaning. Oh, that first day we got the pill, we got pillows sent. That was the, the biggest thing. I, I would be struggling without a pillow. Yeah. Um, I'd say we got lots of snacks sent. We, we got like power outlets that we needed. Um, and then since then, so Adri, tell us then, we don't need to go through day by day, but what's life like in quarantine? That's a very broad general question. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the days actually go by surprisingly quickly. Um, it's a lot of, uh, well, first, first of all, we wake up in the morning. The first couple of days were a little bit, um, less routine because the meals kind of came at random times, but since probably day three, the meals have consistently come at about six thirty in the morning. We get breakfast, we get a big knock on the door. Uh, lunch comes about 1130 and dinner comes about 430. Um, and basically it's like, what do we do to fill in the time in between the, the meals? Uh, we clean quite often, at least every other day, uh, after our big massive clean. Um, we spend a lot of time on our phones and social media. We all have uh, like uh, 4G and the Wi-Fi is sometimes, sometimes good, but... Um, yeah, without internet, we'd probably go crazy. Yeah, those first couple of days, I think the three of us were just communicating with the outside world. That we didn't really communicate with each other because we were just communicating with friends and family around the world, just updating people, um, figuring things out. So that was that was a bit weird, I think, almost. And mm -hmm. then I remember, I remember on the second was that the second day I had a massive my one and only downtime. Um, I started talking to some family on the phone and started to appreciate the seriousness of the situation now that we'd finally got back to vietnam we'd got into quarantine then everything else on the outside world started really playing on my mind obviously job security world economy everything just got on top of me so i, I had a bit of a a down moment and then i could sense that you anesthesia you were 
pretty much the same, right? I could tell that Anastasia looked like she'd just dropped. Avery was fine, which was awesome. I mean, she was... No, you were positive, though. You weren't, You didn't have that. Uh, I think, like, I, as I said to you earlier today, I'm a bit numb. It's day nine. Um, if we go back to the routine, like, every day, a significant portion of the day is spent reading news and updates, and that's pretty depressing. But... I mean, we're here, we're safe, we're relatively comfortable. Um, it's really just about getting through this. And, and everyone around the world is having their own things to get through. So I don't think we're in a special situation. It's a unique situation for sure. And it's very surreal. Every, every bit of it kind of like, if I pinch myself while I wake up, it seems like we're living, I wouldn't call it a nightmare, but it's just, it's completely, again, unprecedented. It's very strange. Um, but I think the only way to get through it is just to keep, Keep, keep going like can't really be anything other than kind of positive mm. yeah so I, I had that little bit of a down moment I think Anastasia did as well and then we came back up so we, we like check in on each other we kind of like right how's everyone doing we just really lucky like you said we, we said yes even if we didn't want to we, we did we were okay to say yes that you could share with us we have lucked out not only as the three of us like we as you can probably hear from the, our conversation we got on really well with Anastasia um, we all kind of like know when to shut up and just do our own thing and just stare at our phones or, or colour or read or whatever, watch a movie. And then other times we would sit and have a laugh. If you follow any of us on social media, it probably maybe looks like we're having a better time than we actually are because we only post the fun stuff. So we, we have done some random fun things. We've made up our own bowling alley and out of old water bottles and things like that. But the majority of the day... That's a loud plane just went overhead. The majority of the day, we uh, are pretty much just staring at our phones. <laughs> and I'm playing words with friends. I've been playing a lot of that. Um, I mean, don't, don't, there, there have been like cockroach moments, very dramatic cockroach moments. Yeah, yeah. We have to, Seven I mean, cockroaches at one time. I'm not complaining, but like we have to hand wash our clothes. And the first couple of days, we didn't have a basin to do it in. And Or oh, the like, shower doesn't work. There's not enough water <laughs> pressure for the shower head. So it comes out the tap, which is at your knees, but doesn't come out the shower head. So we have to do the old scoop. We have to get a scoop delivered in a bucket. So yeah, I mean, even though we show that we have fun and we're not complaining and it's not a nightmare, the reality is we all sleep on a wooden bed. We don't have a proper shower. We have to hand wash our clothes. We're terrified that there's COVID on every surface. I skip every second meal because I can't eat the food. Yeah, Anastasia is fussier than the rest of us. So uh, she got noodles delivered on the first day, a lot of noodles. So Anastasia is surviving on noodles. It's rice for every meal, which is actually, I'm okay with that. Rice yeah. is pretty good, but it's, it's repetitive. There's, there's no air con, so it's like, we're just pretty much sweating all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and we go out, me and Adrian will try and go out for a walk two or three times a day, just to stretch our legs. And that's where it becomes the most surreal point, because there's a, quite a lot of people go out walking, but everyone, most people are social distancing from each other. No one talks to each other. We're in this university dorm. It's not a prison, but we can't leave. Um, yeah, so I think uh, overall, we're not complaining, and we're, but we're looking forward to, uh, to a, a mattress. The thing is, though, I don't know for you guys, for me, I'm now getting to the point I'm going to be scared to leave because there's going to be so another whole set of circumstances to deal with. Like, yeah, Vietnam is entering to lockdown since yesterday. So everything is closed except of the groceries and pharmacies. Uh, it may also 
the down point and frustration reading the policy of the Vietnam local government saying that if there is confirmed case in your residence apartment, the whole building can be locked down or even all residents may be sent to quarantine. <laughs> so just thinking about going something similar again, uh, making me really very stressed. Yeah. Uh, and I was lucky to prepare some food in my fridge before I left Australia because I was assuming possibility of I will be quarantined at home for <laughs> 14 days, so I'm not worried that I come back home now and how I survive having everything is closed. However, uh, one week we still must stay here. God knows what changed. Situation mm -hmm. is really unpredictable and you can't forecast anything. I'm not worried about toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> well, toilet paper situation is amazing. Yes. We got Anastasia got some delivered uh, on the first day yeah, and then they, then they brought us some. So again, in the beginning, we got given nothing. They didn't give us any cleaning supplies. We had to use an old mop. Um, luckily, as I said, some stuff, cleaning supplies got sent from Anastasia's work, which she works in hospitality and they sent like hospitality grade cleaning materials, <laughs> which was good. After a few days, we, we saw, we no one told us, we just saw like buckets and mops downstairs and we we're like, oh, can we get some of these? Um, yeah, maybe if we understand language, mm. yeah. maybe we feel better and that we treated something normal. But having now isolation, I have more isolation in the information internally. Outside, we know everything will happen. <laughs> but in this facility, we have no information. Yeah. We're lucky we have a group chat with other foreigners, and we have Vietnamese there who update us uh, if anything happening. But uh, is not have any better treatment, even more struggling because of language yeah. uh, barrier. And we not complain. We all of us live in Vietnam for a long time, so we we a little bit familiar with the culture and people mindset here. So the people were calm on the first day. I think because they all knew they would come to here. It was not shock for most of them. And even if it was shock for them, they are fine to accept. Uh, because the system and the education and everything their day-to-day -day life is basically do what you're told to do. So we a little bit different, but we are here for a long time, so we are not complaining and we accept the situation just from the moment that we are accepted to Vietnam. It was lucky uh, enough to be yeah. inside the country, not sent back to Australia. Yeah, and so just so you know as well, the majority from what we can see of the other inmates, no, 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 not yeah. inmates, the other people that are here are Vietnamese students from yeah. overseas who obviously were trying to get back as soon as they can as the rules were changing and then they were, mm. were going to walk the borders to even Vietnamese citizens. So that's from what we can see is the majority of them. People here are Vietnamese students, lots of young people, uh, as we said, maybe 20 foreigners at most. Mm. And um yeah. So, right, I think we've covered it all. Let's finish off with some questions. We're going to do first. All right, Anastasia, what's the first thing you want to drink when you leave quarantine? Ice water. <laughs> <laughs> Adrian? Uh, to drink? Yeah. Literally anything with ice. I'll take an iced coffee. I'll take a tiger with ice. I'll take water with ice. I'll take... Like a fresh juice with ice, I don't care. Just put some ice in it and I'll drink it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd do the same. Yeah. Anything, not a nice coffee though. We, we luckily we have lots yes. of coffee here and I, I'm not getting sick of coffee, but I just want something else. We, are, we drink only water or coffee or a vitamin C drink. Vitamin C, yeah. So 
Yeah, I'd be the same. Just anything iced, uh, and then after that, yeah, cold beer would be good. <laughs> I wanted. I said to Adrian, I, like, I just want a cold, frosty draft beer, and then she's like, "All oh, the bars are closed." I was like, "Oh, I can't even get a draft beer when I get out." But that's all right. All right, Anastasia, what's the first meal that you're gonna you want to eat when you get? Oh, anything out? vegetable or fruit, something fresh. I want some. Not cooked, not steamed, not boiled. Some fresh, cold vegetables or fruits. All right, Adrian. I mean, I'm, this is gonna sound boring, but I like the same. <laughs> I just want a salad, like with some fresh, raw, crispy vegetables and lettuce. Just a beautiful salad that yeah. would be amazing. I want some rice. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm not sick of rice yet, but I might be in a few days. Uh, well, I have to choose something different. I do kind of want the same. I want like a salad. I want fresh vegetables. I want cold tomatoes. I want like you could you could have a wrap instead. A wrap, a wrap. yeah. <laughs> I have a, a grilled chicken wrap with fresh salad. I'll do that. Oh, a BLT. Oh, I'm getting hungry now. What's that? New York bagel. I have a piece of cheese. Oh, yesterday cheese. I was craving New York bagel. Indian food, but yeah, I want to hold the rice, rice though. Hold the rice. Yeah. <laughs> what about the naan bread? Yeah, I'll take the naan. Take hold the, the naan. Uh, all right. What's gonna be the first thing you do when you get home, Anastasia? Shower in hot water. <laughs> I don't shower in cold water all my life. I need hot water. <laughs> and sleep in my bed in mattress. Yeah. I've got a feeling this might be similar, but we'll go around anyway, Adrian. Uh, well, hopefully, get smothered with slobber from my biscuit, my puppy, my dog. Yeah. And then after that, put on a load of laundry and then take a shower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and no, I'm probably the same as Adrian. <laughs> uh, any other questions? Do you want to ask? Any? Can you guys think of any questions? That's the only three I've got. Um, yeah, okay, so... Despite the stuff that we received, which has been amazing, and our mm. first two days before they um, banned deliveries. Oh, we um, didn't say that. So they banned deliveries <laughs> after two days because I think mainly lots of these overseas Vietnamese students, parents, went crazy and sent them, like, we've, we've seen pictures of yeah. sent mini fridges, AC units. Yeah. People, like, the first two days, the deliveries just went crazy. Yeah, then the local media got wind of it, and it it, it was a shit show. Yeah. Like they should have cut, they should have shut it down. So rightly so. Yeah, yeah. We uh, know. Luckily, we got a few essentials. But if there was anything else, then the we le- get for the next five thing, five days, sorry, yeah, yeah. what would you, what would you get? I don't know. Fruits. Fruit. <laughs> we got fruit though. We got some. We got some oranges. Oh, yesterday they came and knocked on our door. It was really nice. We went to the door and they were like presents and they were going around giving everyone a bag of fresh cold fruit, which we stupidly didn't eat right away and then it wasn't cold anymore, which we were like, ah, we should have eaten it cold. Um, I actually don't know if I, what else I would need. A mattress? Well, yeah, if, if we could still get delivery, I would have got asked for someone to send a mattress. Yeah, that'd be my biggest thing. Anesthesia? Yeah, I was lucky with the company send me the pillow and kind of blanket from the hotel. So I would ask only for fresh fruits because I feel that we don't get enough nutritious from the food we get. <laughs> from white rice. Yeah, from rice and meat and very limited steamed oh. <laughs> cooked vegetables which already don't have any nutritious inside. I would get some vitamins that is from, because Vietnam is blessed with uh, vegetables and fruits and natural vitamins. Mm. So just a shame that we can't get it and we take the supplement from the vitamin C which make no support your system actually. Mm. 
Yeah, so I would say for some fresh vitamins from the vegetables and fruits. And you do answer your own question. Um, so I've had the unfortunate luck that my headphones broke on day two or three. <laughs> I had it. And my flip-flops broke on day like four. So I don't need flip-flops. I'm a guy for that. But a pair of headphones would be pretty good. Yeah. I know that's like a entitled, but it would be kind of nice. <laughs> well, so we've got bare necessities is the main thing. And I think we forgot to mention as well, we work out. Yeah. Every couple of... Well, me and Adrian walk a lot. Uh, and we've done some room workouts as well. So... We're trying to stay fit, we're trying to stay healthy. I think we've all lost weight, so um, that's good. All right, anything else to add, anyone? List five positive things that you can take from this situation. Oh, five? Yeah. Okay, am I going first? Yeah, go. All right, well, new friend mm -hmm. is number one. Um, I'm struggling there. Really? Five things positive from this? I mean, I'm just trying to think. Me to go? Yeah, on you go. And okay. I'll, I'll copy you. <laughs> <laughs> Should you do collective five? Yeah, collective, collective five. Five is a lot to think on your own. Um, well, I think which has been echoed uh, through social media um, that the volunteers or the people who work here, I don't know if they're volunteers or paid or what, but they're just incredible. Um, if I had to be in their position doing that job, it would be not fun. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the appreciation, and as you can see, everyone around the world is appreciating the people that are on the front line helping, but like the deep appreciation being in this experience, if we were just in our apartment, so like we wouldn't see this firsthand. Um, and they come to our room with like a smile on their face, they give us the food, like they're just so, they're just so nice. And well, they have a mask on, but we think it looks like they're smiling. Well, they're <laughs> smizing with their smizing. eyes. <laughs> but yeah, I think the appreciation of the people who are on the front line, I know we're not like at the hospital or anything, but... Mm. Um, it's really and really nice to see. I think as well the Vietnamese people because I just think I mean maybe I'm wrong but I feel like if this was in the UK it would be like Lord of the Flies and there would be <laughs> roaming gangs going around like stealing your toilet paper and your food. I think I don't think people would handle it as well. If it, but I may be wrong. Maybe I'm making a, a a wrong assumption. But I feel like. I think the Vietnamese people are amazing that it's like, okay, this is the situation, we deal with it. Yeah. I've not seen anyone, and you don't often see Vietnamese people lose their temper, you don't mm -hmm. see anyone getting angry, raising their voice, nobody looks like this is a problem, everyone just deals with it, and I think that's just testament to Vietnam. And also to the, the Vietnamese authorities that they've done this, and they, they've, it seems like they've locked it down, and the, the, the infection in Vietnam, I think today was 193. I think I read this morning. 93. 193. Oh, okay. That is 79? I don't know. <laughs> All right, well, we're in the high 100s regardless, so um, that's still pretty amazing. All right, we've got three things, Anastasia. My thing is uh, it's a good chance to take it easy, <laughs> uh, to learn how to accept uh, life situations. Is, uh, we are not the the, the owners of this world and also even the owner of our lives right now so we just need to learn how to accept and behave in the way what is good for everyone uh, don't make any uh, complaint or trouble that also upset yourself first stress yours your family your people who take care about you so i learned to not complain much about the situation i am to my family to my mom first of all to not hurt her because it's much more people many people around us in the worst conditions so we must be lucky that we here we safe we 
they take care about us as much as they can for the country we are here. And as I mentioned, if I were in Ukraine and similar situation, it would be not much better uh, condition of treating the people, maybe even worse. But it would be my my shit, so I'm familiar with it. <laughs> so just handling something different way, it's also good for life experience. It's unique life experience. You can write a book <laughs> after that. <laughs> yes, making new friends, uh, appreciate the people around you who are trying their best. I heard that most of them are volunteers, so they're not paid, and they put themselves in the risk, and they're still smiling and. You know, they don't run away, they don't freak out about you, they still come to you every single day, a few times a day, say hello, they remember our meal preferences, that we have one vegetarian. So to know more deeply the people that we live in the country is very, very good because we're so busy with work and we just, you know, day-to-day -day life is the same. But to attach again to local people, to understand their beautiful hearts and their efforts, uh, it's also a very good positive thing. And the most important thing, we're lucky to get soon that medical certificate that we negative <laughs> for the COVID-19. Not everyone in this world can get it. Yeah, yeah, so we've had one COVID test so far. We hope to get another one. And apparently we get a certificate at yeah. the end of a clean bill of health, which we're all going to frame. Yeah. And I'm going to hang it around my neck and just walk about with it so people like can see well. it. Yeah, just wave it about. And just... Some of the kind of common questions I've had from some friends, they've kind of asked, like, um, are there many soldiers here? Is it military prison? Or is it like, it's like, it's not like that at all. Like, we haven't even really seen any soldiers. There's some people in green uniform, but they don't seem like soldiers. They seem like teenagers. There's people in <laughs> blue uniforms or blue PPE outfits. That, um, they're obviously, they don't seem like soldiers either. There's no one going about with guns. That's how I got asked that question as well by a friend. Like, there's, we're not like physically kept in. There's not like, if we wanted to jump the fence and go, uh, we probably could, but mm -hmm. we're probably not going to get very far. And we'd get. I wouldn't recommend. No, it. I know. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying it's not. It's not like there's a guard there at the door with a gun. It's everyone just knows what they have to do. Which There's is, only one in the airport. One in the airport, yeah. Who was uh, in immigration? Right. Yeah, only which one. I think they're normally. So. Yeah, just again, common questions, foreigners and locals, I think we get treated the same from at this facility anyway, it doesn't really seem to be treated that differently. We get fed three times a day, we get water, we have toilet paper. Um, we have Wi-Fi. We have Wi-Fi. So uh, if anyone does have any questions, you know where to go, the 7 Million Bikes Facebook page, you can send us a message there, we'll be happy to answer any questions because we don't have anything else to do. Especially in the next five days. Yeah. <laughs> we got five days left. So I think that's us finished. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, I'm going to try and maybe if I can get the technology to work, do another episode. I'm maybe going to try and do it on the phone with somebody. And hopefully we'll get some more perspectives of how life is right now uh, around the world or in Vietnam from someone. Because everyone right now, I think we mentioned earlier, is having their own unique yeah. experience. Um, this is unprecedented. No one knows what the hell is going on. But I think I've said it before. We'll get through it together. So thanks for listening. And... Uh, Stay safe and healthy. There you go. Stay safe and healthy. Adrian, finish it off for us. Uh, hashtag stay the fuck home. Hey! <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're like me, you may use your laptop at places where you have to use public Wi-Fi. This opens you up to digital snoopers. It's a massive problem. It can be your internet service provider, or you know who, looking at what you do online or a cyber criminal trying to steal your bank passwords or credit card info, or even a hacker at the next table trying to steal your sensitive data. These days, it is vital that you keep your data safe. 
NordVPN keeps all of these snoopers away. It makes your internet activity private, protects you from accessing dangerous websites that are fishing for your data, and lets you enjoy your favorite content securely, even while away from home. And it's easy to use, even I could use it. I've actually been using NordVPN for years now here in Vietnam, and I'm excited to be an affiliate partner with them. I've used NordVPN to watch Netflix, BBC, Disney Plus with ease, and I also know that my information and data are safe from prying eyes, whoever they may be. Join now and you'll get 68% off and three months free when you go to my link, nordvpn.com forward slash SMB. Just again, for those hard of hearing, nordvpn.com forward slash SMB. The link is also in the show notes. I know nobody checks them out, but go check that out and you can get the link from wherever you are listening to this podcast. As an affiliate partner, it also means that I will get a small commission when you sign up, but at no extra cost to you. So not only will you be getting a great deal through 7 Million Bikes, you get a great VPN and you'll be supporting 7 Million Bikes podcast. Stay safe online and enjoy the shows you love. Any questions, just let me know. You know how to get in touch with me. And thanks for listening to this show. Cheers.